Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the third sermon in our church's Living for God's Kingdom series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. My name is Chris Stallings, and it is my privilege to get to be pastor here at Leeds First Methodist Church. Today we're in, I think, part three of our series, Living for God's Kingdom. It's important for followers of Jesus to know that the devil is real, and that he's working, and he's working against God's movement, God's kingdom. And as followers of Jesus, our life has to be cognizant of that fact and diligent to work for God's kingdom to resist that movement of the devil, to resist evil in whatever form it may take. In the month of October, I almost said in the month of Halloween, (laughs) right? There's a temptation sometimes to, to glorify or even be enamored with even the evil that goes on, the death, the destruction, even to be tempted to dabble in the demonic. And so this series is helpful to us to keep us focused in the things that would be about God's kingdom. We've got a key verse that's guiding us through this series, and it comes from Ephesians 6.12. If you want to follow along, it's with us on the screen. I think it's in your worship guide as well. Ephesians 6.12 reads, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Today, we continue our series, Living for God's Kingdom. Take on prayer for peace. Take on prayer for peace. Well, the planning for this series and this specific topic was made months ago, but as God's timing is never surprising, it's very appropriate for what we see and experience in the globe or around the globe today. On October the 7th, you may have read, Hamas terrorists from Gaza rampaged through Israel's border towns in a surprise assault that has killed over 1,300 people. In response to that shocking incursion, Israel has responded and has killed, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry, over 2,200 has mobilized over 360,000 reservists and troops stand at the border, leading to speculation that there will be some form of war. There's a lot of conflict in the world, escalated conflict, very dangerous conflict, and in fact, it adds to what has always been around. And peace... In the midst of that kind of conflict, in the midst of conflict in our lives, can seem easier to lose than it is to gain or to reclaim. We often love the thought of peace. Ah, peace would be nice. But oftentimes it's easier or we're tempted to procrastinate on the steps it takes to achieve peace 
that it is to just give in and follow the steps to conflict. That includes, obviously, what it takes for peace among those who are violent in their altercations. It takes work or steps to achieve peace between two people who have ideological disagreements or fussing over who cut off who in the car lane. Humanity has wrestled with peace since the earliest stories of creation. Adam and Eve wrestled to to be at peace with God whenever they chose to eat the forbidden fruit. Cain and Abel struggled to be at peace with one another as they were jealous for God's affection. And even you and I sometimes struggle for peace within our own self in the decisions and the consequences they bring. James 4 Verses 1 and 2 says, What is causing all the fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you even kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Scripture teaches we should pray for everything and worry about nothing. But if you're like me and so many others, we're tempted to worry about everything and pray for nothing. And so let's look now to scriptures at how we might take on prayer for peace. We got your Bible. I invite you to take it out or to turn it on to the New Testament book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I'll remind you that Philippians is a letter, was originally a letter from the Apostle Paul written to the church at Philippi. And he's writing from a Roman cell or prison cell about 10 years after he started the church. He's writing to encourage them about his own future that seemed dire in the prison cell, to encourage them to withstand the struggles they face. And now in chapter 4, he's writing to them to help resolve a tension or an ununity in the church. Not a tension that should terminate their relationship, but a disagreement that Paul urges them to resolve in following these steps of peace. And then he highlights those steps to peace that are essential for everyone to take to live a life of peace. So if you want to follow along with me reading Philippians, we'll read chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 of the New Living Translation. If you want to follow along word for word, the NLT, the word should also be on the screen. Verse 1, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and I long to see you, dear friends. For you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now... I appeal to Eudodia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women. They worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Verse 4. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. 
Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And then you will experience, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Well, In verse 6, Paul is drawing a contrast between worldly thinking... And godly living. You see the natural response. And Paul highlights it here. Is to worry about everything. To worry about money. To worry about food. To worry about clothes and a home. And yet even to worry about peace. Jesus warned against that kind of natural instinct. Thinking or letting your life be dominated by worry. Or anxiousness. In Matthew 6, Jesus compared the life that his followers should lead to those of a, a bird. There's plenty to eat by relying on God. The lilies of the field that are clothed in splendor simply by relying on God. And then, and then he says, you too should live that way. And the way you do that is by seeking first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus says, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The term in verse 6, translated here, anxiousness, is from the Greek term in the New Testament, merimeno. Merimeno. And it means to have an anxious concern based on apprehension about a possible danger or misfortune. That's from the Lydia No lexicon. It's true, we're going to face things in our life that make us tend to worry. Right? If there's a threat from without, we worry. If there's a threat from within, we worry. But Jesus' followers are to respond to that anxiousness, to that worry with prayer. Prayer that is expected. Prayer that is out of a thankful heart. Thanking God for what he has done and all he has promised to do. The New Interpreter's Bible Commentary says about this. The peace promised here is far more than an absence of conflict. Rather it is total well-being. And it comes from God once again to those who are in Christ Jesus. And who share his attitude. So that his heart and mind becomes theirs. Let's look at this passage in more depth that we might know how to apply. Taking on prayer for peace. If you got your worship bulletin or if you open the worship guide online, I invite you to follow along with these points to take notes. That you might learn and apply them in your life. Number one. Prayer for peace that grows from within. 
prayer for peace that grows from within. Verse 9, Paul says, Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Pray for peace, to live a life of peace, you have to have peace within. In verse 8, just before this verse, Paul lays out a number of things that are essential to having that. Things that we have to keep near to our heart and our mind. Truth, honor, righteousness, purity, beauty, excellence, things that are worthy of praise. And Paul says, he taught you these, he's demonstrated these. In fact, he pointed to these things in the gospel of Jesus. Is it from that? It is the root of all things that are good, the gospel of Jesus. Now, let those things that you saw and you heard in Paul's life, he says, follow them. Make them your regular habits so that they transform you with the gospel of Jesus, that it might transform you in a life of peace. The New Interpreter's Bible Commentary says, once again, Paul assures the Philippians that they will have peace, but this time the promise refers to the God of peace rather than the peace of God. As so often in his ethical appeals, Paul takes us back to the gospel and works things out from the first principles. If Christ behaved like that, how must those who are in Christ now behave? You see, when the gospel of Jesus is within you, it comes out in your life. And when it comes out in your life, it reinforces the rootedness of your life in the gospel. All these result from God's peace being near you and growing from within. Prayer for peace that grows from within. Number two, prayer for peace that impacts others. That impacts others. <clears throat> Verse 5 says, let, a, let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Earlier in this passage, Paul starts laying out some general guidance towards peace. In verse 2, he says, live in harmony between the two that are disputing within the church. In verse 3, he says, for others to help. And bringing about that peace for them to get along. And in verse 4 he says, live from a place of being continually full of joy or always rejoicing in the Lord. Now in verse 5 he goes from the general to the specific of having a life that lives that out. To let others see that you are considerate. See, verse 5 all follows, obviously, verse 4, where he's saying, rejoice in the Lord and always rejoice. Having a joy-filled heart is the root of that outward expression of peace and kindness. It's what's required to live into this characteristic of peace in your life, a command to live in peace. The opposite conclusion of this is apparent. If your outward expression struggles to be kind or to live at peace with others, look to your heart and is your joy in the Lord. Draw near 
to him and he will draw near to you and then you can have a heart that overflows with peace. Your spirit is not gentle or not peaceful toward others. The Lord must not be near to your heart. When the Lord is near, your gentle spirit will impact others. So is your heart near to the Lord? If so, let your kindness show. Is your heart near to the Lord? Let your peace towards others show. Show up in how you pray in your life. To show up in how you pray for others in your life. Not a prayer of, oh God, would you smite my enemies? Anybody ever wanted to pray for that? Right? But rather a prayer that says, God, will you change me? As you help me to work for change in them. Be reminded of the prayer of Jesus in Matthew 5. You've heard But the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and even pray for those who persecute you. Prayer for peace that impacts others. Number three, prayer for peace that guards our hearts. Prayer for peace that guards our hearts. In verse seven, Paul writes, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. As we live out that instruction for verse 6, don't worry about every, anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. When we live out that, true peace will be with you. A supernatural kind of peace that is guarding our hearts and minds in Christ. The peace of Christ is supernatural peace. Peace that goes beyond understanding of our human mind. When we look to the life and ministry of Christ, we're reminded of examples where he lived out that peace in the midst of dire circumstances. You may remember in Matthew 8... Jesus and his disciples were on a ship where the storm was tossing and turning and Jesus simply slept through the storm. Panicking, his disciples went to him, not knowing what to do, and they shook him or they awakened him and he simply woke and rebuked the waves and there was calm. We're in the story in Matthew 14 where Jesus preaching to a crowd of over 5,000 at the end of the day where they had gone off and away from everything, as say to the wilderness, the disciples came to Jesus and said, we need to send them away so that they can go and get food. And Jesus says, you feed them. <laughs> then Jesus took five loaves of bread and a couple of fish and broke them into pieces enough to feed all 5,000 men and the women and children. And then the scene, Luke 23, when the soldiers were nailing Jesus to the cross and mocking him and torturing him. In the midst of that violent hostility, Jesus prayed for peace in this way. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. 
even as one of the criminals that he was nailed onto the cross next to, experienced a moment of repentance and sought salvation. Jesus said, today, even today, I will be with you in paradise. See, when we pray, when we pray with expectation, God's promise to us is a supernatural peace, a peace that goes beyond understanding. Not always our wishful outcome, not always the immediate desire for our comfort or healing, but lasting peace in every circumstance. Peace that the world may mock you and say, why are you even believing in God in the midst of this, but godly peace that surpasses worldly understanding. Peace that when you face the worst turmoil or threat in your life, in hostility and violence, even doubt, God's presence will guard your heart and your mind to endure for eternity. Prayer for peace that guards our hearts. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the blessing of your gospel. It would grow within us. God, may it be, may it be a gospel that transforms us. It would impact others. God, our peace, our kindness would flow from a nearness to you to impact others. And God, may it be a peace that passes our understanding. That we would be in the places of life that Everybody would say, how on earth can you sleep through this storm? God, give us your peace, your presence through it all. In Jesus' holy, precious, and powerful name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.